0: podcaster. I hardly know her. Am I right? Meet Megan Bryant. She's an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids, a comedian, a super energetic improv trainer, and an award-winning author. Megan is passionate about creating happier, healthier human connections through humor. This podcast dives into all sorts of topics that tackle personal growth, professional strategies, and sharing positive messages to build up the communities around us. Each of us can make an impact, so keep in mind that you don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Thank you for tuning in. This is the I Hardly Know Her podcast, and here's your host, Megan Bryant.
1: This episode is all about trust, my opinions on it, some of my discoveries about overcoming trust issues, and just as a little heads up, for those of you who have been listening to this podcast since its inception over a year ago, thank you so much for your diligence. You uh, will not be surprised by some of the background noises you'll hear in this, although I try to not do it super often, but sometimes it's just on the go with Megan. For those of you who are newer listeners, thank you so much for joining the I Hardly Know Her podcast posse. Uh, This episode, half of it I recorded when I was just feeling it and had a lot of uh, a a wild flurry of thoughts in my head and I was putting on my makeup and just kind of getting ready for the day. And so there are some uh, delightful ambient sounds of motherhood. uh, And then the second half I recorded when I was in my home office home alone on another day. So Just a little heads up, this is as real as it gets, and my thoughts uh, in present day on trust. Trust. Trust, trust, trust. What does that mean to you when you think of it? The word trust. The actions behind trust, like the ability to trust. Um... I have kind of run the full, I think, potentially what the full gamut is of my own evolution of trust and how it works for me and how I allow it to be a part of my life um, in a positive way because um, I learned a long time ago uh, a skill from improv training where trust is something we talk about a lot in the space of performance because you need to be able to trust your scene partners that they are playing by the same rules you are in order to have a successful scene and have it be collaborative and have it be a comfortable um, place for everyone to feel validated and as a like an important element of the performance. And so when I think about trust in that space, and I, I do believe that because it's such a heightened awareness that I picked up on when I used this in performance, it were incur, encouraged to make big choices, like make kind of bold, creative um, choices without really having to justify ourselves, like in a, or an improv scene, if we are the one that steps out on stage and our partner is standing there and we identify them somehow, you know, we start a scene saying, oh, Roger, I just had the most horrifying experience on my drive home from work. And then if Roger replies back to me saying, you're way home from work, you don't have a job then there's n- nowhere to build that simple scene um, and let the, the audience, like, come along on the journey. But if it, if I start that same scene and, oh, Roger, I just had the most terrifying experience on my drive home from work. And he steps into that and not only hears what I says and listens to what was delivered, but then looks for ways to add and expand, then he can say, oh, Margaret, that is terrifying. And tell me more. What happened? I, are you okay? And just like start building and allowing the discovery of what well what happened on the drive home. Now everybody is invested in the audience. We want if if Roger is investing in Marguerite of what her experience was, then everyone else will get on that bandwagon of wanting to see what happened and wanting to hear more. And and so and there's been many times that I've stepped into a scene with people that I either didn't know very well or they're not very seasoned improvisers. Uh, um, or they just don't really know the rules, because a lot of times people think that improv is supposed to just be this short, punchy, anything goes, there's no script attached, so you can say and do whatever, and there are people who use that in a way that is not really the the right way, um, because they bowl over other people's ideas, they don't build, and so I've stepped out into the scenes, and more, more cases than I even like to think about, because it's so uncomfortable, where I offer a statement and it is immediately shot down and then I go into like kind of a defensive mode because I just said something that was just as valuable or viable to start a scene as someone else but if everybody else already comes in with their own ideas and objectives and they don't listen or or have a willingness to see that there's more than one way to do something then you can't build together, it becomes immediately divisive and not fun to watch. It becomes uncomfortable for the audience to even watch because they just are starting to watch then an argument unfold or or somehow scrambling um, to put together pieces of what became immediately disjointed. Um, So I think about trust a lot because sometimes people feel like you have to justify yourself um, or that someone needs to earn your trust or prove themselves. And certainly there's a time and place for that. Like once, in my opinion, once trust has been broken, then yeah, there's some rebuilding that needs to happen and to determine if you can regain good footing with that trust. Um, but I just learned that I want to step into the space of trust first. I start with trust. I have learned that, obviously, in the improv space, like, to really identify it. Because if I'm not the first person that speaks in a scene and I, hit, I hear and listen to that person, it is so much more fun and um, satisfying and, like, an explosion of creativity, in my opinion, when I get to feed off of what someone else's experience is or be like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that idea Deep within all of our subconscious, we have all of these different nuggets of wisdom. And um, when we can feel safe to present those things without feeling like we have to explain ourselves, it becomes a really cool thing. So translating all of that into everyday life and not just on the stage, it works well in like improv workshops when I'm working with like a corporate team, for example, if someone feels like they can share an idea and not be shot down, they're more likely to continue to share ideas than if someone immediately makes them feel stupid, or like that they don't make sense, or that it was not a valuable thing for them to even chime in, Um, and yet if we like put our guard down for a minute and, and recognize that from the time we were born to all the way up to this very moment in time... In this, wherever you are, wherever you're sitting or driving or running, and when you're listening to this podcast, from this, the moment you were a baby up until this very moment when you are hearing this podcast flow into your ear holes, your, your experience is totally awesome. It's true for you. It is your, what you, the way you see the world, it is the way you have learned to adapt to certain types of situations or outside influences. It is no less um, valid than my personal experience from the same timeline up until, um, you know, we come together and we get to share ideas. So in, in the space of trust, like if we can feel comfortable saying things that we believe in and have it be okay that maybe our opinions are different or our belief systems are different, and it doesn't make us any less valuable as a human, then we can start making some real progress. So um, when I meet someone new, um, I just honor them with beginning from that place of trust. Because really, whether people know it or not, even people who think they have their guard up, if you create a safe space for someone to be who they are and to not judge them like immediately and start... Speculating what you think you know about them, they will show you who they are for better or worse. They will show you, they will tell you things um, about their likes and dislikes. They will tell you things that you can help then identify whether or not that is in line with what you like to have in your life. They will show you who they are, and then it's up to you, it's up to me to listen to those things and to um, adjust accordingly. So, I've mentioned um, before in other episodes, but I'm going to reinforce really quick the, the, the whole thing about suspension of judgment. Because um, that's another thing I learned in improv. And suspending judgment doesn't mean at all that we are not going to judge. I learned a long time ago that when I was teaching improv workshops that I couldn't tell people to stop judging. Don't be judgmental. Don't be critical. Because by nature, we do that all the time anyway. We, we just... We do. We're constantly evaluating the things around us. We're making um, judgment calls of what things we want to participate in activity-wise or what clothes we want to wear or how we want to react to someone's Facebook post that offended us. Like, we're constantly in that evaluation mode. Um, and so, no doubt, we're going to be judging judging things and critical. And we certainly do that with ourselves, of uh, being overly critical sometimes about things. But really what we should be doing with that judgment is using it as a way to inventory those things that we are seeing and experiencing so that we can um, decide what we want to do with it, become empowered by the awareness of when we are having those thoughts. It's all all of the, the rules of improv, in my opinion, can ultimately be, t- de- uh, be tied back to uh, self-awareness and being... Um, active participants in our own lives and ah! oh geez you scared the crap out of me
0: I <laughs> you, show you. you did
1: scare me uh, good job that's, wait,
0: that's, for to kill you. yeah
1: is he gonna scare me
0: too
1: yeah oh well I don't he want is, him to scare me oh, so goodness long. I do startle easily um come so when so we're long. it's all about self-awareness of When we notice that we're doing something, then we get to decide, okay, now what do I want to do with that information? And do you have to take action? So all of these things coupled together, the suspension of judgment, like noticing when we're having critical thoughts of ourselves or others, we can then either react to it or we can process that information and maybe move on with our day and not waste a bunch of time and energy on something that really maybe doesn't matter that much. Um, And so back to the trust scope, right? So um, I start with trust. And what does that mean exactly? Like I just assume that people are really trying in life for the most part to do the best they can with what they know so far, what they've learned, what their experiences are, whatever their frame of reference is. I really do believe that people are functioning to the best of their capacity. In some cases, they don't function in a way that is acceptable for me, and I choose to remove myself from that situation or from their presence. Um, And I don't always even have to address it. Sometimes it's just as simple as unfollowing someone on Facebook. Um, Other times it is a more difficult thing if it's a a long time acquaintance, or like if it's a coworker or a family member, there's some things that make it a little bit more challenging. But regardless, if you don't feel comfortable with something, um, and it is not a healthy thing for your, uh, for yourself, you get to make the choice then to only allow things in your life that you want in your life, um, and not, what, buddy? We want to
0: make a cardboard house
1: okay go in for my, it in
0: my bed so where's some more cardboard?
1: there's cardboard in the garage you can and then you have to help me clean it up in a little while okay okay so people uh what was i saying um uh, people will show you who they really are right um mm, yep pausing here to recalibrate Calibrate my brain um and whatever, okay, yeah, so whatever is acceptable to you. And so sometimes even if I maybe can't remove someone completely from my life because of whatever relation it is to me, if it is a coworker or, um, or a family member or whatever, where there's certain components that don't feel good to me, then I just get to be in more control about what those interactions are like. I can control how much time um, in some cases or what type of... Um, Connection there even is, and so that I can keep my boundaries on what I want to have in my emotional space. And it's not always easy, but you can take the control over that. What in the garage? There's big boxes in the garage stacked up. Just go get it, you'll see them. I
0: can't go around.
1: They're empty. But go look for the empty. No, there's some leaning against the thing by the Jeep. Go outside you'll see a whole bunch of boxes that are empty. But we can't destroy all of them because we're using them to move. Okay. Um, so when I have been dating recently, I start initially from that assumption that, okay, this guy is probably doing the best he can in life. And it's true. Like, people really are. But then once they start to unpack things and start to share uh, about their lives, about their morals, about their ambitions of what they want to do in the future, then I start to really look and evaluate like, okay, what are, is what they're saying in line with the way they act? Um, like it really puts a lot of that responsibility back on us to just allow people to be who they are and not judge them for it. Sometimes it's hard if people don't see, see, uh, don't see things the same way that we do. Um, Or maybe we're just on different timelines um, in life and there's different um, abilities or willingness to grasp, you know, personal development or, um, or even the ability to get to enter someone else's space. Like there's just so many factors that are involved. But I always find that starting from that space of trust allows so much, um, quicker understanding of whether or not it could be a long a longer term fit or where that person might fall into my life like I actually maintain um, positive connections with people even if something has come to an end because allowing people to be who they are and not um, casting judgment on them or at all indicating that the way they are choosing to live is not what I want in my life, but just making those changes, um, to where I, I don't maybe see that person anymore. It still it, 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 like, it doesn't have to end as a negative thing. Like I can't change someone. No, none of us can change other people. We don't even change until we've made the decision that that's what we want to do. Um, go look. It's upstairs. I think, I think it's upstairs. Go look. Oh, there it is oh why did I start to try to record this well I was home with four kids I don't know um it's because sometimes my brain is racing and I just feel like I need to get it out of my brain um and whatever so now I keep saying so a lot you guys life is really challenging at times um Uh, Welcome back to the second half of my episode on trust. Um, This time, this segment is recorded in the quietness of my house on a day when I don't have four kids. Um, This section, though, is about trust issues. Uh, A lot of it is based off of how I learned how to trust myself and what that meant. Um, In the first half, I talked a lot about trusting others um, to show up as who they are, like in that space of improv, I just really learned that making, making myself and my little world a place where people can be themselves and know that they're not going to be like destroyed for it, uh, is just a really nice way to live. And it took me a long time to get here. So this section is about trust issues because I hear people say that all the time. I have trust issues. I have trust issues. And I'm like, well, why is that the case? I feel like I used... No, I know I did. I used to have really substantial trust trust issues. And at the time that I had those, now looking back and when I really, really dug into why that was the case, it was because there was dishonesty happening. Dishonesty. Yeah, that is the right word. Um, it sounds really... <laughs> dishonesty happening in my life, in my immediate circle um, and not only by people around me, but also by my own actions. When I wasn't living in my truth, when I was behaving in a way I thought I was supposed to because of the way that I have been patterned by different religious beliefs, by people that I associate with, just in general watching the world of social media or people that I admire or, or, or that I don't like. And, and feeling that sense of responsibility to present myself in a way that was not 100% in alignment with who I really felt like I was. I hated feeling like I couldn't be 100% Megan 100% of the time. Like parts of me were unacceptable. And there were times in my life where I was making unhealthy choices. I was lying. And sometimes, in my opinion, because I hate, I really hate lying, it physically makes me uncomfortable if I know I have even told a little fib. So if I am not able to be totally honest, then I close up, I shut down, I pull back. Um, I avoid things um, and I just don't give the full truth, which obviously is also a form of lying. And so when I felt myself in the peak of the inability for me to trust other people, it was because I was also not living in the most trustworthy manner I was capable of. And, um, whenever there is secrets or unresolved things in your life or just unhealthy patterns, like, like for, like, for example, we would say like, I don't, you know, I don't trust myself if I'm in a certain situation or, or whatever, when really it's like, we are, when we say that, I feel like we're trying to maybe overcompensate or censor ourselves from wanting to just be who we are like um, okay so drinking for example like i grew up thinking being taught and thinking that drinking was really terrible that it was just this awful thing it was unhealthy for your body you became this awful monster and absolutely i agree that alcohol can be a very dangerous um, obviously addictive could be a very problematic component in many many people's lives um, it itself as the actual beverage is not the problem. And occasionally, so when I was in my mid twenties or so, I would sneak drinks at work functions because I was kind of miserable in parts of my life. And it was a little bit of an escape, but also it was fun. Like, but I behave pretty boldly anyway. And so, um, the most that happens to me is I become maybe a little more warm and cozy. Like I open up maybe a little bit more than normal, maybe a little bit louder if that's even possible. Maybe it's, that's a little scary, but. Um, and people tend to use alcohol as a crutch or an excuse. So I've spent time around people or have um, like I've gone on dates with people who like really strongly encouraged me to drink in order to loosen up. And I was like, well, I don't really need that to loosen up. And also like, what kind of loosening up are you talking about? But then people be like, I don't trust myself when I drink. And I just think, well, if you, if you're saying that, then you already know what's happening. So don't like, just don't even try to justify that you, you don't trust yourself to do what? To be exactly what you know to expect when you're in that altered state. Um, I'm not sure if that even makes sense, but it's just like, oh, I'll never trust myself if I do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, if you already know what the outcome is, then you already kind of trust yourself to know what that outcome is. Now with that information, you get to determine what you want to do behaviorally or with certain activities in life or, or whatever it is. So <clears throat> When I finally went through just this long process, which I still kind of am on an ongoing maintenance basis of um, cleaning up things if I I do something I'm not happy with or proud of or if I think I maybe have hurt someone's feelings like it was genuinely because of something I did, I kind of do that maintenance to tidy up in my own life. But as I unburdened myself from all of the shame and the... Um, frustrations and embarrassment and the disciplinary scenarios I had to go through in church for massive amounts of time. Like Once I got unburied from all of that and I knew I didn't want to repeat patterns in the past, I knew I had stepped into a place of trustworthiness for myself. And by doing so, by really feeling like I'm pretty full disclosure, like I don't hide a whole lot, there's nothing in my past that I would not be totally happy talking about, Um, And that I do talk about pretty regularly and having that freedom of knowing that I kind of gave myself a clean slate after a lot of work of evaluating the things that I've done in life that I hated, that I wasn't proud of and recognizing the things that I really love about myself and celebrating those and steering my own ship into the way that makes me the most proud of myself So I can live in integrity and a space of trust with myself more often. And so when I kind of float around in my own little life of being like, I'm just going to be me from now on. If Megan doesn't fit in a certain friend group or with a certain company or whatever it is, then I just am not going to be there. I just won't. And I wouldn't expect anyone else to do any type of adjusting on my behalf Um, The last segment before uh, that little commercial break where I was saying you can't expect to change anyone. Um, And I would never, never wish that upon anyone else. I do believe that there's a lot of power in sharing our stories about things that we've gone through and what our perspectives are so that if and when people are ready to make changes on their own accord, that they have that little bit of light shown on things that they can then Take and pick and choose what they want to do and implement in their lives, or give it a try, but at their own pace and on their own say so. Um, ever pushing like if we ever try to push something on someone else, there's just going to be resistance, just as much as we don't want someone telling us how to live our lives or what we should or shouldn't do. Or if you present that you're having a challenge in life, and someone says, "Well, I want to do this," blah, blah blah blah, and then we start getting a little bit um, muddle, like the the situation gets a little bit muddy. Muddy if we don't know. Well, okay, well, if they did that, maybe I should do that. But we ultimately still need to look at all of those options and and be allowed to make the progress and continue to make mistakes as we're learning how to improve ourselves without somebody faulting us for it. So all of these things in my life of um, really leaning into trust and starting there first and letting people just be comfortable who they are, around me makes it so nice to um, let them make that evolution uh, either with or without me. Like I will be someone's cheerleader until the very end if they would like me to rally. It doesn't mean I'm going to do the heavy lifting for them. I also will not judge them or punish them for where they are in their timeline. I may not be able to exert a whole lot of energy um to physically be with them if it's a draining or or unhealthy situation i can always love them though and i always will and sometimes the most well not sometimes it's easy to love people when it's a lovable easy situation when there is a challenge presented and there is hurt involved and there's differing opinions it, that that's when love matters the most. And it's taken a long time for me to like really love myself and to be proud of who I am and recognize the accomplishments that I've made and know that I, I couldn't have become who I am now unless I've made some really big missteps and then embraced those lessons. And so as, as, as much of a process as it was and a hard journey for me to... Um, fully accept who I am and actually be really excited about that. I just want that so badly for other people. And, and so even if I don't get to be a direct uh, contributor, it's so important to me to um, just put love on it, like especially in the hard situations. And so um, I think that's kind of kind of just uh, the gist of this, this, um, I want to say module because I'm in the process of writing some training modules for uh, um, for a client, but um, this episode, that's the word, <laughs> is like trust is something I, I really think about a, long to- a, a lot of the time because it is so integral to how I live my life. Like I want people to be able to trust me and rely on me and to believe that I am showing up as the best version of myself that I know how to up to this point. And I will continue to improve upon that as I gather new information and break habits that are not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. But it was really exciting and empowering to me to face my trust issues and go, oh, I don't have to have trust issues. I can be trusting and let it create healthy boundaries um, by being very real and honest about where I'm at in life, and very um, openly accepting for where other people are, so in a in a in a, per, like a a pro, private relationship, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Romantic relationship. I guess this is what I just keep coming back to because this is an area that I've really str- really struggled in um, is finding um, a, a really truly safe place where I can trust my heart in a, in a um, romantic space because uh, I've had some missteps there, but I'm learning a lot. And, um, oh man, all these words keep sending me off the trail. So many times though, people will step into a space where you're almost having to prove yourself to them and, and earn their trust. And I'm like, to a complete stranger? Whatever. Like, I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. We don't have to justify... A freaking thing like we get to be who we are so if we switch it instead of being like "Hmm, oh who do you think you are prove it to me you're trustworthy prove it and so when we have that attitude of like having people have to like fight for the trust or to like prove it to you and that's not they don't owe you jack squat and so then people will put their guard up and then they're really like looking at you with a side eye of like, yeah, well, what, okay. Well, what, like, they, like what's in it for you or whatever. Like it becomes a really selfish, ugly place instead of really just being um, like using these awareness tools to set healthy boundaries. Uh, I read a quote just yesterday or the day before, it doesn't matter. I read a quote recently that said something about... Um, <clears throat> share, um, creating boundaries from a place of love. So using love as a a boundary setting mechanism, because it's a positive, wonderful thing instead of, um, out of, uh, hate or anger or resentment or whatever these other things, that's definitely beyond what that quote said, but it doesn't matter. Um, my point that I'm saying is I get it that a lot of people are carrying very heavy burdens and baggage and, we all have things that we need to work through at our own pace, but it's not my job to prove myself to someone else, to prove that I'm trustworthy or that I'm loving. I will at least, and that's the only one I can control is myself, I at least commit to showing up as genuine as possible and knowing that that is still flawed. And we're not perfect, but being as real and open as possible and then if and when something breaks, it's when trust is broken. Like if you start from a place of trust, and then someone goes a wall on the on the relationship, or then suddenly you see this like dark side, or or you see that their words and their actions are not in line, um, then when that tr- well, then you can see where the trust is no longer viable for you to be in that space. I hope that makes sense. I think the way that it. Um, it, it, it comes to fruition for me is that I am a, a team player and I'm an adaptable person and I want other people to win as much as I want to, to win. And so I offer that from the, the beginning. And, um, and then if I see that they're not matching me with that willingness to participate and to be all in um then that 's that 's all I need to know is that they 're not ready to be a teammate, whether that 's as a friend or as a lover or as a a client like I lean all the way in with my professional um, arrangements as well as much as possible because i don 't want to spend my time trying to create something in the workspace either with someone who 's only halfway invested. They're just like waiting for me to prove that I'm awesome to work with. And they're not willing to step up to the plate with their full self. Like that's bullcrap. Anyway. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, I think that's it. I actually did make a couple of notes and I'm seeing if I missed anything here. I just, um, I love, I love trusting people because I, I believe in humanity. Um, I believe it helps me to, set boundaries more effectively. And it has helped me to feel more fulfilled and confident in myself when I, even in my own home, when I'm all alone and I'm enjoying my solitude and my little personal uh, single life here, I want to feel good in my own skin because I'm with myself 100% of the time. And if I can't trust myself, and live in integrity, and live by some sort of moral compass when I'm by myself, uh, there's just no way that that would, um, that I would even, I don't know, that I would, I I wouldn't want to, I just wouldn't want to do it. I don't have to justify any other reasons why. Um, I just want to live in such a way, then maybe I'll be single for the rest of my life, and that's okay, because I will i that's what i have control over and and i just get to move around my life loving and respecting other people and um and hanging out with my very very small but wonderful group of friends and my family who are um awesome and on the same page and and function in that same way that if there is a, is ever doubt or question um has Uh, hit a road bump, then it's talked about and it's worked through together. And so there's not, um, uh, there's not a lack of collaboration. And I love being in a place in my life where I get to and will forever choose that, um, to be trustworthy and to sniff out those who are willing to play at that high level of trust and integrity.
0: Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. You can follow along with all of Megan's shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. I'm Sean Hancock with recycledmindscomedy.com.